Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know, it's hard to believe that we don't talk about it. Like, ever. I don't even think we've ever talked about it. But what's the most extraordinary experience, shared experience you and I have had? Then get rid of all kids and lovey stuff. Most extraordinary shared experience you and I have had. Um, I don't know. Is this like a trick question? Mm -hmm. Can't believe we haven't talked about this. Um, like before we had kids, it has to be without kids. No, we had kids. We had kid. Oh, you're thinking of a specific one. Think about Melrose, the Melrose house. Um, the people next door to us not being okay with the fact that Trump won. That's not the most extraordinary experience we've ever had. Um, I don't know that. We were lying in bed. Oh, right, right, right. We had, like, a ghost experience. Yeah. A, like, intense, long ghost experience. Right. In that house. And we're not ghost people. We're not, like, really believers, I don't think, in that. But we both were lying in bed and suddenly heard stuff happening, including, like, the sounds of chains coming up the stairs and approaching us. Sound of first one thing on the roof and then many things on the roof and then things approaching us. And all, it was, like, intense. And then remember the sounds of the kids singing? Yeah, like kids singing and dancing outside, creepy sounds. Kids singing and dancing outside, running around a tree. We had a weeping willow. We found out that there used to be two weeping willows. I ran into a woman who once told me that the kids used to do figure eights around the weeping willows. Before we had, like after we had the ghost experience. We had the ghost experience before you heard that information. And it was like amazing. We had this ghost experience and it it, it was a... and we're not this. We're not ghost experience kind of people, but we were both lying there together, like holy hell! And even though it was intense and full of audio visual stuff, it wasn't like it didn't have us petrified. We were more just eyewitness. It was. It was. It was. It was just way too real. It wasn't something that was 
like designed to horrify. I don't. I, I don't feel like it. It was. It was oddly like tolerable, right? Which was very weird to us. And the next day, I think it was the next day, we told them that what would happen, including the sounds. We told them my mother and my brother told them about the sounds of walking that we heard on the floorboards mm-hmm. coming over to us. And I, like I told you, there were chains before and all sorts of stuff, stuff on the roof. And as we were telling my brother and my mother downstairs this time, the footsteps appeared on top above us walking. Right. So they like, even though my brother's a big skeptic, my mother was right there and heard it. Every Like we had witnesses. Mm-hmm. It was like the most, it's unbelievable that we're like, we've moved on from that. Yeah, but I mean, like, what are you supposed to do? I don't know, but people do something, <laughs> I think. Well, just, I mean, like, what, who has time to be distracted by things like that? I think there are some people out there who that would be the pinnacle. What, are we going to call up ghost hunters and, like, make our know. whole life about that? No, but, the, but the point is, Alice, it was an, an extraordinary experience that was not a hallucination. I know, but I think supernatural things probably happen all the time. I don't know. Two observations for you. Yes. Speaking of which, okay, wait. Okay. Do you want to do your observations first, or can I bring up one other question first? Um, go ahead. Yeah. Because I said I think supernatural things happen all the time, and you and I had this conversation before because it was recently Groundhog Day a couple of weeks ago, and so like the Groundhog Day movie exists and stuff like that. And I asked you, like, if I told you that I was reliving the same day over and over. Would you believe me? And you said no, you wouldn't. No. Why wouldn't you believe me? I'd believe you. Because you're not a special. You're a supporting character. I'm the main <laughs> character. Special stuff doesn't happen to you. Special stuff happens to me. I think all kinds of stuff happens. I don't know. I would If you told me that you were repeating the same day over and over, I would totally believe you. I know. I know. And that goes to the... Like severe lack in judgment, et cetera, that you've shown <laughs> from moment one. If something supernatural happening to me, you wouldn't believe me? Well, if I was there like I was for that, then I would believe But you. you wouldn't just believe my account personally. It matters. I'd have to see what it was. Mm-hmm. I'd have to I'd have to see what it was. I mean you you're in church experiencing God, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's part of why I think supernatural stuff happens all the time, right? right? Like, people are like, oh, miracles, but, I mean, literally, every day in churches, God turns bread and wine into the body and blood of the Most High God, creator of the universe. So, I mean, like, who can ask for more than that, really? How do we know that's happening? We know that's happening, obviously. Okay. Okay, this is where I'll <laughs> I mean, be disembarking. Like... <laughs> With no offense. No, uh, no I'm just offense. saying, like, I. but that's why, like, I think miraculous stuff could happen anytime, because I think that's true. So if I think that's true, like, why wouldn't I believe that all kinds of supernatural stuff happens all over the place? So there's this tweet that went out that shows... Um, Sydney Sweeney, who's a voluptuous blonde actress, I think. Um, with, Indeed. With Jimmy Fallon. And the joke joke was, she's wearing this low-cut thing, and she's very, she's got this great rack. She's got the, the, the incredible breasts, and a lot of them are exposed. 
And the joke was the the the, the Jimmy Fallon showed like deserves a medal for the restraint he showed and keep making eye contact with her. Is it really? I mean, just out of curiosity, is it like really that hard for men? Like this is like you've been put upon by well, having somebody with boobs around you. About it, if you're if you're doing this like Brestel honey trap um, thing, well, you know the eyes are that gonna was be drawn. a pretty extreme. Yeah, uh, you know line. eyes are going to be yes. drawn toward it. So my question t- for you, yes, it's of course it's hard. Of course, you, Why, the eyes it's just are boobs. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. It's. I mean, just have you not boobs. seen them? Yeah, Alice, and I like to continue to see them. <laughs> have you not noticed? Um, but here's the thing is like, what is the expectation of women? Let's say you're going out on, on the town with like the girls where you guys might dress a little more risque than usual. Okay. Something like that with what she was wearing. What is your expectation for men that they absolutely don't check out what you're displaying right there? I mean, I would assume guys are going to notice something like that. Of course. And to what extent? But that's like a lot. I don't know. I just... I don't think I do. I believe in you guys a lot that you're like capable of looking at people's faces, even when there's boobs around. Like I maybe it's misplaced um, belief in men in general as like a species that you can figure it out to like turn your gaze upward. But or maybe I'm underestimating the power of breasts over men's entire existence. Anytime a guy is at. Is at um, is at a swimming pool when there are shapely women around. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely in a Jedi, um, a um, what's that thing that sword called they use? Lightsaber fight uh, against his own urges to check them all out. And some guys are better than others, but no, there's not. There's nothing more that draws the eye. Than the physical female form, the beautiful female form. Mm-hmm. Now, so so this is so I just want to know what women expect because obviously women know, women know, and especially women know that guys, women know that the beauty standard is built around or was before we became before being seven hundred pounds was the beauty standard is built around. At the end of the day, not what um, uh, Tim. Who's that? Designers? Tim. Tim Gunn. Not what Tim Gunn like really wants. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's built around, at the end of the day, being shapely in a feminine, in beautiful in a, in a feminine way that, that men will appreciate mm-hmm. if you're a straight woman. Yeah, this is interesting. This brings up, so I read a whole Substack article today by somebody that I follow on Twitter called Cartoons Hate Her, which I assume is not her given name, but she makes cartoons and post them on Twitter and she wrote a whole substack about clothing that attracts men versus repels men. So no, there's no. a very famous, no, not right now, Anson, no, we'll talk about no. it later. You can shoot daddy with no, the Nerf no. gun later. Um, there's a very famous like fashion blogger slash she wrote a book slash all this stuff called um, man repeller. Mm-hmm. The idea being that like her fashion sense was like totally going to repel men so anyway this woman cartoons hater um wrote a whole article about like which fashions guys think are attractive and which they don't um which i thought was super fascinating and i wanted to like kind of get into it Mm. um and she said she talked about um 
you know, with her husband um, that he loves like attractive workout clothes, like these kind of like Lululemony sets with like leggings and fitted, but not like underwear per se, right? But very form fitting. Right. Yeah. Like, um, like yoga pants, mm-hmm. family of stuff. Right. Right. But, so the idea was. Because that's essentially painted on. So, yeah. Right. So the idea was kind of though to do an experiment um, to ask like, if you had your boyfriend or your husband pick what you wore for a week, assuming it was like appropriate to the setting, like not going naked to work or mm-hmm. something. Right. Like, like what would they pick versus what would you pick? Hmm, interesting. Right? And so the concept was, and her husband, like, loved the athleisure thing. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. Um, but there, she said, too, that there's a bunch of people who find that, like, totally repellent that, I mean, there are a lot of men, she said, who prefer, like, an athleisure set like that to actual, like, lingerie. Because I don't they think get, that's, I think that's apples and oranges. Isn't but they're saying that I was talking about what you can wear outside, though. I you, mean, yeah, so. kind of, but also, like, I mean, her point was it's a continuum, right? There are some men who are like, if you met them out for a coffee date naked, they would love that. Mm. Versus like, I, I, you know, versus like if you wore your like yoga clothes to the coffee date. You know, but but that if you want to if if your goal, if you're like on Tinder or whatever and you're going on dates and trying to meet a guy that like the yoga outfit is a good bet for like a lot of people, but not everyone, because some people, especially younger people. Don't get the same vibe from it. Right. So like she's saying to her husband, the hot workout clothes reads, I'm an attractive like soccer mom. Mm-hmm. you know, who's fit and in shape and good looking, but busy and is like running to my next thing. Right. Like and those are all laudable characteristics. Right. Yes. And, and also totally. attractive characteristics that complement um, the physicality very well. My husband sees athleisure and sees an active, fun, down to earth milf. Some conservative men see athleisure as the embodiment of everything <laughs> wrong with Western women. It's too casual. It's immodest. It's too flattering. Um, because some men complain that it can suck in tummy fat. It's a form of woke body acceptance. Con- yeah, those men are called gay men. Instead of the positive connotation my husband has, they associate athleisure with their worst nemeses. Work from home, entry level account managers at Google with fifteen dollar matcha lattes, morning these routines. Are also gay men who are starting with meditation at five a.m. and a smoothie bowl and day in the life TikToks. Right. So, but I can understand why a younger guy would see Lululemon mom as like, especially if you work as like work from home chick. Do you know what I like, boss babe chick? Well, the younger guy also may not be into the whole the MILF culture. And whereas if you're around them all the time and you mm-hmm. understand it, it's, it's, it's att- it's attractiveness then compounded with all sorts of other right. things, including being a little bit haggard and beat up by life. <laughs> so she came up with three like core principles of how mm-hmm. to dress to attract men without like weighing in on it ethically. Like, should you wear clothes to attract specific men? Right. And again, saying that it's on a continuum, like some men would be happy if you showed up to a date naked and others would find that That's... to be too much. No, but I don't like this. But no, but you get the point is that like, for some men, the more revealing, the better. 
And for other men, there's such a thing as too much, right? Like where you're leaving something to the imagination is like a positive. But she came up with three principles within reason on a continuum. I, I just want to put, I want to plant mm-hmm. a flag right here and say, I don't believe that there's any large number of men who would think it's hot as hell if you show up at a coffee date naked. Naked in broad daylight in a clinical environment like a Starbucks. He's not attractive. It, it's got a lot of... Right. Yes. So, but the point is, is she's saying that's the extreme and there's very few people okay. who are like that. Yeah, and psychopaths like, are like that. Right. But the point is that, like, you're never going to make everyone happy, but within reason, the three principles that attract men are form-fitting, obviously. shows the shape of your body, once obviously, again, obviously. within reason, like... Mm-hmm. You know, there's such a thing as too much for some people on the form-fitting aspect. You know, and it doesn't have to be, like, low-cut necessarily, but shows the shape of your body is one principle. Yeah, and that's the, mm-hmm. the brilliance of... The brilliance of the, the athletic wear stuff is that it's as almost as revealing as some lingerie. Right. But different... Different thing. Yeah. And different... Con- well, and the There's a sh- whole different connotation to wearing workout clothes around than there is to wearing lingerie around, right? Totally. Right. So um, principle two is standing out. Once again, on mm-hmm. a spectrum, there's such a thing as being too weird unless you're like into a specific subculture. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to attract goths, then dressing like a goth will probably help. But like for most normal people, not. Like you want to stand out... And be a little bit different. Like, you don't want to be wearing the uniform that every other chick wears to the bar, right? Like, (laughs) and she says sort of like what in her day and age that was, you know, skinny jeans and a sort of like blousey flowy top. Mm -hmm. And like everybody was dressed like that. She calls it 2016 girl. And like everybody was dressed the exact same. And if you do something different that or like a little bit different that you have to stand out. She says, today the equivalent attire seems to be a straight legger, loose, light wash jeans, white sneakers, and a black tank top or crop top. Does not set you apart. And she says, it helps to be a little bit not like the other girls mm-hmm. without like yeah. going too far into standing out. Could include a red cocktail dress with an interesting cut, a colorful pattern coordinate, or a fun graphic t-shirt. The middle ground is what casts the widest net to attract men. So right? it's funny you should say that. I I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Uh, uh, put an ornament on, and guys are gonna totally blow that. T- most guys are just blown away by this spectacle that is a beautiful woman. Anyway, mm-hmm. they don't know what goes into it. They don't know who's wearing makeup or not. They have no idea of all this stuff that's happening. But I do think that that's a totally thing. The individuality being unique, um, mm-hmm. in an attractive way, it will absolutely right. It is absolutely a win. Right. And then she says, these two I'm throwing together kind of, but she says generational and subculture appeal, which I think is important because it like depends. But she says someone on Twitter mentioned to me that most men solidify their opinions about women's clothes in their teen years and continue to find that style attractive forever. Because also life is good for a brief window Mm -hmm. of time. So, yeah, absolutely. I could take. So Y2K fashion would probably appeal to millennial men and younger Gen Z men. 
You give me people with the Rachel, the Rachel a... haircut right now, ninety from ninety five. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely down with it. Right, and subculture appeal. So, like mm-hmm. I was saying, like if you're gothy, then you'll probably appeal to like gothy guys, which is probably what you want if you're like in that subculture, yeah. right? So. But the generational appeal, certainly, too. And she talks about stuff being, like, right-wing coded and left-wing coded. She also says that, like, the number one thing, so big that it's, like, an internet thing that guys talk about, that men say they like on women, is sundresses. What? Did I step on you somehow? No. No, you did not keep going. Um, And, I don't know, do you like sundresses on women? I'm going to send you this. I'm going to tweet it right now. Um, so she tweets a picture of a dress, or not tweets, but she includes a picture of a dress. This dress walked right, right out of 2014, but vibrant colors showcases the lines of the body, stands out, but isn't weird. Prime man attracting dress. Uh, she says the obsession with sundresses in particular is purely emotional and not based on the actual <laughs> appeal of the dress itself. Sundresses are nostalgic, remind us of the last day of school, camp dances, summer parties of our youth. There's no good reason why a sundress would promote provoke more excitement than a party dress or a wedding guest dress. Um, but it's a nostalgia thing, she claims. Um you know, and she gets into all her stuff and about being weird and all those things. But I thought it was a great and interesting article. You didn't and like, tweet, really, Toby. what? You didn't tweet. Oh, sorry, I forgot to tweet. It's okay. Um, and really, like, broke down the reasons I just and the you different. This. Do you have like, your phone? Um, I'll just show you right now that my Twitter. I am on Google Image Search. It says "woman in sundress." Why are you on Google Image Search? It says "women in sundress." Because that's when you were talking about men's preferences. I thought that's the classic. The you best. like a sundress? Absolutely. <laughs> that's too funny. I just sent that to you. Yeah, absolutely. There is nothing better than a woman in a sundress. It's feminine. It shows some skin. The um, it does for the female body. That it, it accentuates it. It's feminine and fun. A, a woman with a, this pretty smile and a sundress is a freaking 10.0. It is the, it is an unstoppable force. There is, in, in you know what, the, me and my friend of mine used to talk about this, is that on the first day, a first nice day in Boston, when mm-hmm. we'd be down in Boston, in Chicago. The spaceship? It, yep, the spaceship seemed to have landed, and it's full of young, beautiful women in sundresses, somehow already tanned. And <laughs> yes, the sundress is a, is an absolute... It is the best, and 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 I don't I don't associate it with summer beach fun. I, I don't. But you have nostalgia about like what a sundress means for you. I like, have nostalgia culturally. because beautiful women with their beautiful legs and all their stuff are, were in this, and it, this is not nostalgia. It's it is the the eye catching uniform of pretty women is the sundress, right? Just a winner, just an absolute winner. I am all for it. I'm all for it. it so is you agree mu- with the article overall? Well, yeah, I agree with the article. I want a- anybody who's who prefers you to meet them s- totally naked at the Starbucks rather than in a sundress is somebody who's going to deposit you in several different dumpsters at the end of that day. <laughs> um, no, the sundress is absolutely the standard bearer for the greatest thing in the world. And it happens when I used to work down in, at the Herald. Suddenly, mm-hmm. the brow... The, Parades, columns of women, professional women in sundresses would be in the streets, and um, and it was just incredible. Yes, women in sundresses. You're gonna ninety nine percent of the time get get that from everybody. These days, though, Alice in the Seaport, something very different is happening. 
Oh, yeah? Yes, the uh, uniform is a little bit different there. Anger and frustration at a community meeting with state officials about this emergency shelter that's opening its doors. Neighbors feel like they had no say in this process. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And officials had no answers for them either. Can we we kindly have a little bit of decorum in the room? No, this is my neighborhood. By the way, this is in the Seaport District of Boston. Literally, this is showing the sundressed crew uh, of Mm -hmm. young, attractive, well-to-do women with their Canada Goose jackets raising their hands wanting to talk because they are not pleased. You Ming neighbors who call Four Point home grilled state officials about the 80 migrants who will call 24 Farnsworth Street a temporary home. The office space owned by the Unitarian Universalist Association will be turned into the latest overflow shelter. How is it a done deal when you cannot answer these questions? Safety and security, location, and facilities topping the concerns. You said this is real. How are you going to ensure we're safe? So we get no say as residents of the town, residents of the city, neighbors. I would like to see a little bit more compassion. That's my point of view. Thank you. Neighbors like Brian Curley say the community didn't have a voice before the decision was made. I think there's a lot of angry residents here who feel the same way I do, that this was being forced on us. General Scott Rice, who's overseeing the state's strange shelter system, vowed security for families living in the shelter and neighbors in the community. Our track record has been very good. We've had very, very, very few incidents. United Way is the nonprofit uh-huh. that will run the shelter. Neighbors voice... You just wait until some of these dudes get a shot of the chicks working, walking in sundresses. There will be some interactions. <sighs> By the way, this area of the seaport is really nice. It's really nice. It's a lot of residential. Yeah. There's like one of the nicest dog parks in all of Boston is right there. This is, I mean, all of these people voted for this, so sucks to be you, but way to F up. A, a neighborhood. Their concerns to them about no showers on site and a plan to bus migrants to local Ys for services. Though United Way says there will be at least six bathrooms in the space. We certainly would not put anybody in the space that has anything unsafe for them. And while some are ready to welcome shelter residents with open arms. This is a great idea. Smart thinking. I think it should happen more often. Some are still frustrated at the lack of information. There was a lot of questions tonight. There were not a lot of answers. State officials say there'll be another meeting on Friday where they hope to have more answers for the community. That is that is an expensive place to live. An expensive yeah. place to live. Like we said, it's Dubai down there and it, everything's a lot of money. And uh, illegal immigrants 
were not in the brochure. Mm-hmm. Couldn't happen to a better bunch of people. Sorry about that. Sucks to be you. Enjoy voting Democrat. Yes, indeed. Um, I want to briefly jump into AI a little bit and the problems with AI, namely this uh, Willy Wonka Oompa Loompa experience. All right. Uh, which is, this was in Scotland where somebody had the brilliant idea. We've talked on this show before about like the ways that people game AI by like submitting books to Amazon that are fake and stuff and are just like garbage AI junk. Um, but anyway, somebody had the bright idea that they would market an event to parents of children and create all the like information about the event with the AI. Right. So they made all the flyers. They made all the graphics that went on like the Facebook page of the event and all these things. They came up with the script by AI to tell them like how they were making a Willy Wonka experience. Okay, so the idea was that you would go to this like immersive Willy Wonka experience and you would, um, you know, walk through the candy land and these actors would like perform parts in it in order to do (coughs) Like, give you this experience. And it's a very dark place. What is that? It's the end of... <laughs> that is one of the... Whatever that thing is. That is actually called the unknown. This is a new thing that's not in any current Willy Wonka uh, intellectual property that was invented by the AI in the script. And I've actually seen some of the script posted online, which is incredible. So the AI made the script. This place was like the bleakest, most dystopian thing you can imagine. Yes. Like, it's like if we asked our kids to design a Willy Wonka experience in like a warehouse. Like people are saying it's, they- It's odd and brutal The and actors dark. look like, like sad and um, they were supposed to get like candy and they were given apparently one jelly bean and a half a cup of lemonade. As a part of the experience. Yes, which I love. <laughs> but listen to the script the AI generated. Audience members engage with interactive flowers offering compliments to which the flowers respond with pre-recorded whimsical thank yous. Wonka Doodle 1 to a guest. Oh, and if you see a butterfly, whisper your sweetest dream to it. There are official secret keepers and dream carriers of the garden. Goes on, Willie McDuff. I guess that's the sort of Wonka character gathering everyone's attention. Now, I must ask, has anyone seen the elusive bubble bloom? It's a rare flower that blooms just once every blue moon and fills the air with shimmering bubbles. The stage crew discreetly activates the bubble machines, filling the area with bubbles, causing excitement and wonder among the audience, writes the AI about how this event is going to go. Wonka Doodle 2. Pretending to catch bubbles. Quick, each bubble holds a whisper of enchantment. Catch one and make a wish. Willie McDuff, as the bubble-catching frenzy continues. Remember, in the Garden of Enchantment, every moment is a chance for magic. Every corner hides a story and every bubble catches a bubble. Holds a dream. He opens his hand and the bubble gently pops, releasing a small twinkling light that ascends into the rafters, leaving the audience in awe. With warmth. My dear friends, take this time to explore, to laugh, and to dream. For in this garden, the magic is real, and the possibilities are endless. And who knows, the next wonder you may encounter may be just around the next bend. Scene ends with the audience fully immersed in the interactive magical experience. Laughter and joy filling the air as Willie McDuff and the Wonka Doodles continue to engage in delight with their enchanting antics and treats. 
It's not what was happening. It's a very creepy and bad thing. It's also very sparse in there, too. Speaking of light spirits, I find myself quite parched after our unexpected adventure. But fortune smiles upon us, for just beyond this door lies a room filled with refreshments most delightful. The bubble and lemonade room. With a flourish, Willie opens a previously unnoticed door, yeah. revealing a room where the air sparkles with floating bubbles and rivers of sparkling lemonade flow freely. Here, my dear guests, you may quench your thirst with lemonade that fizzes and dances on the tongue and chase bubbles that burst with flavors unimaginable. A toast to adventures shared and friendships forged in the heart of the unknown. So then they have this like unknown creature that lives in the walls as an yes, evil chocolatier. That That's the one that yeah, you played. Um Like the idea of this thing is to scare the kids forever. For those wondering who the unknown refers to, it's this dude, an evil chocolate maker who lives in the walls. This was a young actor doing their best, so I'm glad they're masked. But the lore of this character is so bewilderingly demented it bears a little more attention. Tweets this guy who tweeted out the script. The unknown is an evil chocolate maker who never mentions chocolate and has stolen Willie's anti-graffiti gobstopper as a part of a devious plan to stop moms from cleaning their kids' bedrooms. Because the anti-graffiti gobstopper is going to make everything clean and orderly and the unknown is going to stop it because he stole the anti-graffiti gobstopper. This is very bad. Everything about this is bad. <laughs> everything in the world is terrible. So every, But like everything that AI makes sucks. Can yes. I just be honest? Like it's just all bad. It imitates like sort of the feel of a thing that a human might make up. Right, but it's it's, it's well, weird a, and well, dystopian was, and yeah, strange. And, and, and then, like, in, you this have this was a, in 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 uncanny valley of the script. Right, this is weak, odd and gruesome. And, but uh, also, the script was making things up that rely on special effects that clearly were not within the budget right. of this production, right. like the sparkling rivers of lemonade, for which they put out a folding table with little plastic cups half right. full of lemonade. I mean, should we get to some of this audio? Um, sure, go ahead. This is uh, you found this Andrew Santino. Is he a pro golfer? Somebody is or a comedian? I'm not sure. I do not even know. Andrew, but it says Andrew Santino would be the man to put. He's wearing to, a hat that looks like a golf hat. To though, Bobby Althoff's cringe content. It says American comedian and actor. Okay. Do you know Bobby Althoff? She's the she's girl. the one who interviewed that chick, right? I've seen a lot more of her stuff, and she kind of does these like very glib, um, very kind of rude interviews. So some of the people turn the tables on her. She's very minimalist. She'll ask like um, like Galifianakis two ferns questions sometimes, and she'll be very deadpan about it. She's kind of cute, kind of not. Would you ever do an OF? No. Only fans. You wouldn't make much. I've insulted. You'd make, gonna, a lot, you'd make a lot of money. I'm going to do one just to prove it to you. What would be your OnlyFans? Well, I don't know. I heard I could just get people to subscribe and then never actually put anything up. I I'll tell you not. I'll tell you what I'd pay for if you made an OnlyFans. I don't want to know. Andrew. You just daily putting tape over your mouth. Every day. Just every morning, a different colored tape. Right over your mouth. Honey, would I'd you pay, pay for, for that. that with me? No, I'd actually, I like to hear some of the stuff that you have to say. <laughs> Fully selection. clothed, outside, 
Nothing sensual, just tape. Red, blue, green, change it up. Slowly though, put it on there slowly. Do you talk to your wife like this? No, I love her. <laughs> Does she love you? I don't know. I don't think so. How long ago did you guys meet? I don't think so. No, I do like Bobby Althoff. Well, we didn't really meet until the boat arrived. When she got off the boat. Do you ever just time. like say, give me an honest answer? Just no, like could, no, because you're going to make fun of me. You've been making fun of me the whole time. I have not. You make fun Every of me. Every time I you, give you an honest answer. You call me fat, so you, you've done, said some mean stuff to me today. I called you what? You made fun of me. You poor shamed me. You've done all of the things. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back mm -hmm. it up. Okay. So, um, I like her more. I'm sorry. I kind of like her. I don't love her. And if she were more, um, oh, that's the other thing I had to say. If she were more uh, beautiful, I, I definitely like her. I think she's pretty. This is what I had to say. One, I'm going to be um, misogynistic here for a second, okay? Mm -hmm. Paige Spiranak is no longer a thin person. That's over there. And that's fine. I am not a thin, thin person. That's fine. She's much more beautiful than I am. I get it. I get it. But, but, but we're, we're now, if this were 1995, Gen Xers would be like, uh, she's kind of a bigger girl. So it's, it's fine. Yeah, Gen yeah. Xers have a distorted view of reality. No, it's just like, You guys all complain that... Kate Winslet was fat in Titanic. She was fat in Titanic. She was not fat in yes, Titanic. Yes, she was. That's a, that's yes, she was. a thing an insane person says, No, well, she that was, Kate she Winslet was, was fat in Titanic. It's so here's fine, the other thing, but that's, and I hate to tell you, you know that I've had a problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I, Sydney Sweeney has like a, a, a kind of gorgeous body. Yeah. She's got a Hillary Clinton's face, though, and so I am no bueno on that. And I made a discovery today, and this is breaking news, Alice. Breaking news? She's got a sneaky big butt some people like that but i feel like we've been sold a bill of goods she's got a skinny waist okay <sighs> sneaky a lot of people are into that sneaky big butt i had a conversation By with the way, one of our kids about that today because i got asked what a bbl was i don't even know what that is big back big balloon it's surgery on you That's... to make yourself have a bigger butt really yeah Oh, okay. Anyway, so long story short, but one of our children asked me, like, why would anyone want that? Yeah, why would anybody? We're not a big butt liking family. I family. pointed out there's a whole song about it from my, from, is that my generation or your generation? It's, I guess it's more yours, I yeah. guess, technically. Um, yeah. By the way, this is the best new thing about the Fanny mm -hmm. Willis thing. Uh, did we play any of the other guy, the guy, guy cracking up yesterday? The, yeah. Anyway, okay, so we'll, we'll skip that. This is this guy's answering a question as to what Fanny Willis was identified as her her Bluetooth ID. So I assume this is what mm -hmm. the guy or the boyfriend was calling her, or whatever uh -huh. it was. Nine two eight four four four, which is nine two eight four 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 three five five five. What's the owner name of this phone? Um, the the name that would appear. Um, say a Bluetooth device is found on line uh, 32, which is uh, Gorilla Grip Pussy Pal. Okay. So apparently that's that's her code name. Oh my gosh. So there you go. Do you, do you assume that that um, that is going to last that uh, situation? Um, that court case situation. Yes. Yeah, I would assume that this is 
going away. I would assume it is too. Uh, one more impeachable offense, by the way, Kamala Harris, and, and it was looking so presidential. By the way, do we get to know why Joe Biden was at Walter Reed having his emergency physical <laughs> Emergency today? physical. There's Kamala Harris today. Very with common it. and normal to have an emergency physical. There's, a, not, there's nothing election steely about this push. Have um, under the federal work study program now allow students to get paid through federal work study to register people um, and to be nonpartisan poll workers. As we know, this is important for a number of reasons. One, to engage our young leaders in this process and, and activate them in terms of their ability to, to strengthen our community. So in other words, we're going to use taxpayer money <clears throat> to get college students to register voters. Right. Which, And they've been playing this game for a really long time because we had like rock the vote and all these back when yes. I was in college and there was like Obama and all that stuff and it was like oh they're nonpartisan we just want everybody to register to vote but when you have people on college campuses going out and registering people to vote who do you think that benefits more are they going out to like farmland in western mass no. registering people to vote no they are on the college campus registering people to vote which obviously is a thing designed to demo- to benefit democrats regardless of the fact that the poll workers are technically yes they won't kick you out and not register you to vote if you register as a republican right in other words so they're technically nonpartisan, but they register 25 democrats for every republican that they register of course of course that's the bottom line of the whole thing right so i'm glad we're using federal funds for that that's great right no need for Zucker Bucks anymore, right? Allison, what is the uh, hot sauce? That is the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce. They bring us the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline where you can leave a message for the show if you go to burnbarrelpodcast.com. Are you going to play a message or should I keep filling about okay, the hot sauce? you guys sauce? are killing me. Wabin is one of the several villages of Newton, Massachusetts. Oh, is it? Really? I knew the village that's that's um, that goes up to... The highway to 90, that, that's got a nonantum. I knew that one. This is Andy in Cambridge, five minutes east. Thank of, you, uh, Andy. I did not Phoenix know that. Atlantic. Hold on, you stepped on him. Sorry. This is important. This is five minutes east. Of Phoenix Landing. Do you know what the Phoenix Landing is? No. Central Square. Oh. A great Irish bar. Bartender Sean was there in 95 and then still there in like in 99. I hope Around he's there. still there now. He was a great guy. Famously, Alice, the Phoenix Landing, where your future husband, Tom Shattuck, was um, was offered, these two girls from Ireland offered me and my friend, I think they're from Ireland, I'm not sure where they were from, but they were two attractive women, offered me to, they asked me and my friend if we'd come back to their place to have cocktails for the night, and I famously chose instead to eat Seven uh, Eleven nachos with my other friend uh, down the street instead mm-hmm. of go with them, so he went with them, or I destroyed the whole evening. Whatever. Does the uh, friend that you went to eat nachos with does his name start with J? It does. Okay, it does. I I yep, I rather eat nachos <laughs> with my friend, and then like the next day, I like. I looked, Did you have regrets? I had all regrets the next day. I was like looking for her where she worked and like halfway stalking her. It was pathetic. By the way, historic footnote that. 7-Eleven was a 7-Eleven where the Sarniyevs robbed uh, oh, wow. later on. But it's more famous for me 
not hooking up. <laughs> I think that was St. Patty's Day, as a matter of fact. Wow. Damn. Yes. You got a breadstick for me? Or are you just happy to see me? Oh, my goodness. Come over here, big boy. That is not true. Yeah. This is not something that happened. Yeah. Oh. Cover me with your Alfredo son. Oh, God. You sick. What's the name of that person supposed to be? Rosalind. Rosalind. That is not true. That never happened. Don't, don't use pasta um, accessories. Tom will never be able to enjoy Alfredo yes. sauce again. That's important. That is really a thing. Alice knows that. She'll make jokes about me hooking up with certain people just because she knows it's going to hurt my libido, and it does. causes severe damage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Hello. So um, hey. I think I clean up pretty good on Tinder. Most of the, the girls I go out with, um, they, they're they a little little crazy. The, the crazy ones are the fun ones in the bedroom. Huh? But... um. <clears throat> Most of them have daddy issues, father yeah. issues, you know. There's, I don't know the percentage. I get roughly around, I'd say, 60, maybe 60%. Well, is Tinder the automatic we're hooking up site? It's pretty common. Tinder, Hinge, Bumble. Those are the three that I hear. So those are using. the hooking up ones. Those aren't the, like, I want to go on a date. No, I mean, uh, Tinder's more hookup-ish. Hinge and Bumble are more... Um, like more like dating ish. Okay. I feel women nowadays probably have daddy issues, but the crazy ones are the they're the wild ones in the bed. You know, I'll get it. To, uh, forget it. Forget it. I'll keep it offline, Alice. I've learned now to keep it clean, necessarily. You want that Alfredo sauce to go? How dare you! Justin, you're destroying... Alfredo sauce is very important to me. Very important to me. Oh, yeah, Lefty. <laughs> I heard you went to a spaghetti place. Can I have a spaghetti meatballs? Spaghetti meatballs. That's my bike. Well, I will not be riding, by the way. Mm -hmm. not, my son has asked me to. But. I proved to Tom, by the way, that we went to... Uh, what's it called? Buca de Pepo? Buca de Pepo, that's right. We went there in Indianapolis. It's such a great place. Such March a, of 2015, we were there. Such a great place. I would, uh, I would, as as John Podhoret says, I would commend it to you. He doesn't use recommend. That's so classy. He uses commend. From now on, I am commending things. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Do leave chat chat messages. Props to Justin for being the person to leave chat chat messages today. Um, the rest of you need to need to. Oh, there Will she is. Get, I'm wearing my Stefan White sweatshirt, so ladies I'm feeling Meet Alice Shattuck in the Lexington Yacht Bunny. You need to get on <laughs> now. Um, anyway, so do that. That's at burnbrownpodcast.com. There's also like links to different places to listen to the show. By the way, five percenters, the people who do watch the video version, I hear you. I'm going to catch up on putting up the videos. I'm going to train Tom to do it also. Say if you want to pay for Patreon, it's patreon.com slash burn By the way, know that I'm nice at least. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.